everybody. Welcome back to Pretend World's Real People. As always, I'm Tyler, and I am almost fully recovered from a massive allergy attack, question mark. Uh, there's been a lot of dust and smoke in Colorado, and for some reason my left eye just decided to completely swell up and I couldn't see out of it for, I don't know, most of the weekend. But I'm on the mend, taking medicine, I'm listening to my girlfriend <laughs> when she says take your medicine and stop being stubborn. Uh, so hopefully my voice isn't too nasally for this recording. Uh, outside of that, what, what else has been going on? Started rollerblading again. May have mentioned that in last week's episode. It's been a lot of fun. Haven't fallen yet. But I've gotten back into a groove, and it just feels great to do some alternative cardio that doesn't include jump roping or running. Just it's just It's so much fun. Uh, stopping is a little harder than, than I thought it would be compared to you know, 10, 15 years ago. But anyway, we are here this week... To speak to a guest that I, I I saw them initially in 2014's The Guest, a film that I also auditioned for, which is pretty funny. We kind of have a little chat about that. But uh, yeah, today I get to speak to Tabitha Sean, and they are uh, just an incredible artist. Uh, they love music, acting, drawing, just being very expressive. Talking to them was just a really, really big treat. And we get to trade a lot of stories, and I get to hear about you know what happens in between the acting jobs, how the acting job started in New Mexico for them, and uh, how it was like to navigate that, especially when things were just completely blowing up, and also serving a a uh, coffee to Ewan McGregor and not fully realizing it till afterwards, which is a really fun story. I, I I don't mean to spoil it, but it's hilarious and a lot of fun, and I can't wait to show it to everybody. So, uh, without further ado. Let's sit down with the fantastic Tabitha Shaw. I am um, I'm an artist living in the desert. I'm a film actor. I'm a writer. Um, I am a visual artist. I'm a musician. I love all of those things. Um, I love all of those things. Um, but the the work that is the most shared is is um, my film acting work. Yeah, I had no idea. You're what do you what do you play? I play the guitar. So no I play way. yeah I play the guitar. I had a very strange uncle growing up who lived on a school bus, and <laughs> he told me that I needed to learn how to play the guitar and he sang with me all of the time growing up he um he died when I was a teenager and I got a guitar then and I learned how to play and so a huge part of that is is like my it's like my I love you to my uncle who was like, this is the thing you gotta do. Um, <laughs> but I also really love it. I, um, I I play the guitar. I did have like, it is always fun showing up to any audition that requires music. Um, that is one of the, the, the perks. I think of playing an instrument is getting to carry it around to, yeah. to an office, to a random office somewhere. That was always really fun recording something on my on my computer to send it in yeah I play the guitar there's a there's also a piano in my house I don't know how to play it I play it <laughs> I I have a slew of instruments 
and I and I love poking around on all of them. Music is amazing. <laughs> what do you have one in your house outside of the piano that you just you know you you'll walk by and just kind of like I don't know uh, pick at a little bit and then put it back and walk away? Like, do you have a ukulele or like? <laughs> I do have a ukulele. I I know how to play the ukulele. I've got the thing that I mess around with is um I've got some connected wooden spoons. Oh my god. <laughs> That that is the thing that I that I touch and I slap around and I put down. Um, yeah, I used to play. I used to play music. I used to play shows um, in my early twenties, and that is a thing that um, that disappeared after I after I had kids. I put down a lot of things and. Um, and then I picked the things back up and music's one of the things that's been folding back into my life again since COVID in a really big, yummy way. Oh, wow. so do your kiddos enjoy playing instruments too? Or are you kind of getting them used to, you know, being around instruments? I like have, that? no, I, I have a music house. It's, it's, <laughs> it's loud. It feels really good. All of the instruments, Apart from my guitar, all of my instruments were used. Hmm. It's fine if they get destroyed. They're meant to be loved. Um, yeah, so I'm also raising kids who are smacking spoons around. <laughs> um, it's a good time in here. Yeah, whereas, you know, most households, if there's any sort of pattering with spoons, a lot of parents say, no, stop it. It's, it's, it's annoying. But that your house is literally filled with music. I mean, yeah. that, that sounds amazing. <laughs> I love it. I am a noisy, messy person. I love exploring. I love messes. I love messes. I love, I love really annoying sounds too. So like this and this integrates itself into, into my life in so many ways. Like in, in film acting, in auditions, I make annoying noises all of the time. I record a self-tape and it's delightful it's so fun just like playing with spaces in a script where I can make a sound <laughs> what what what's an example of that because now I'm, I'm very <laughs> <laughs> um I mean so there there have been um times where it'll um like insides it'll say that there is some type of song playing and like in the background and I go I go for it I I find music to have in the I'm like chaos I'm audition chaos person like the rules that normally apply to auditions I don't I just don't follow them I do follow them if I don't feel comfortable not following them <laughs> But generally, like if there's if there's music in a piece, I'm going to maybe find that exact piece and I will probably find a spot in my audition to like incorporate that piece, um, like hum along to it. There was um, an audition that I did where I was um, yelling at the end of it and then I like spun across my piano. So there were there was the last the last second of the audition, I was leaving the frame and you just heard piano noises. I love having fun. Like that is, that is what I do. I, I just, a lot of it is inviting people to like, 
to calm down. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of it is inviting myself to calm down. A lot of it is, is like, like rem- I, I like, I also, I, I feel like in the self-taping process, I have a lot of fun mm-hmm. making a tape, finding where I can incorporate like musical sounds or just some space with my own voice to like yell or make funny noises. Um, and it's, it's like a reminder that this is mega playtime. Yeah. And you know what, that, that's so refreshing to hear, especially in the the age of prominent self tapes where it's rules, you know, medium shot, no sounds, no pets, no kids, but you're just pure anarchy having fun. I mean, it seems like that's going well too. I mean, uh, you have booked jobs from that, right? I'm sure there's, I have, yeah. Yeah. Like there's, she, (laughs) guys, she's not, she's not saying that you know, while she's not getting it, you're booking jobs. So you're doing something right. That just sounds like so much fun. (laughs) I, yes. Okay. It also, I, this is also a thing that grew. I've been in the film industry now for 15 years. So it's not a thing that I started out (laughs) doing. This is, I did not. I, so although I will say I, what I did my, my launch point though, was like, I remember walking into audition rooms when I was like, 18 through 20 and I would take my shoes off like a total like like 1970s like like Shakespearean tropey actor weirdo (laughs) I would walk into a room and I would take my shoes off a part of that I was in theater I was also in theater and so like theater kids always have their shoes off yeah it made sense to me then um, I keep my shoes on these days, but I, um, I did, I've just done a lot of exploring in the process of, yeah. of learning how to audition and then, and then letting a lot of that go. Yeah. It, I mean, I've, I'm coming up on, on 10 years being in this industry and I'm finding the same thing. Like, did you feel as if you, you crossed a marker where you said, not, not that, you know, I don't give a fuck, but I'm going to make this my own. I'm going to have fun with it. I mean, did you just reach a point where you said well, the worst thing I can do is say no. And I've heard that before. Like, let's just do it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the worst thing, the worst thing that's going to happen is you're not going to book a job. Yeah. And that's generally what happens, <laughs> right? <laughs> like the worst thing that's going to happen is the thing that is probably going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> so you, so it is really important to, to play with it. I, the, the point, um, the point at which, um, I feel like I, I was always sort of like testing what, testing what the rules were in auditions. Um, now that we've moved into self tape land, it feels so different and so fun in different ways. Um, but in, in person, I remember, um, like one of the first huge shifts that I had was in my, it was in my early twenties. Um, and I had a series of auditions coming up. It was one of those weeks that it was like auditions happening every day and needing to like and I remember this week there were just I had so many auditions that were happening during this one week in my 20s I was feeling really grumpy because of the just sort of roles that I was reading for as like a 
uh, very like feminine, um, like pretty young womany person. Um, <laughs> I felt a lot of frustration. And this yeah. one week I went into all of these auditions and I just started throwing my sides on the floor as I was like, as I was doing my auditions. And it wasn't like, I wasn't, I wasn't, there was this part of me. So inside I was feeling this frustration. And then I remember I, I had my sides, one of my, one of my sides, it was nine pages. And I remember the feeling of doing the, the scene and then just dropping the pages one at a time. And it felt like this physical release of all of the, like the stress that I had been feeling about um, wanting to do everything right. Like wanting to show up and have everything memorized and like look really pretty. And I just had a week of overwhelm. And during that week of overwhelm, I literally let my sides go as I did that audition. I booked two of the roles that week. Um, it was like, <laughs> my, it was so good. It felt so amazing. I did have a moment of thinking like, oh, this, this doesn't matter. The worst that's gonna happen is I don't book the job. And since then, like I have felt such freedom in playing and just like letting the things go, which is so hard, right? Like you don't, yeah. like it's what you hear in training forever and ever when you start acting, like you're gonna let it go. It's hard to do, it's hard to get to that point. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's something you're constantly thinking about, especially in training. <laughs> oh, just relax. Don't worry about it. Well, we're subconsciously, we are going to sweat through our clothes. We're going to worry about it because we just want to work. That's like just letting the sides go one at a time, especially for like a nine page scene. Did you just feel super refreshed at the end of that audition? I mean, did, you weren't thinking about it or were you thinking about it at the very end of it? I mean, how was the, the result of that? I know you got the job, I, but like. It felt. I mean, what I felt was I was also that week, I was frustrated because I had had so many, it was also really exciting because I had so many, I had so much good stuff to work on, but I just had so many things that I thought like, I actually cannot memorize every single one of these. And then I thought I'm going to memorize every single one of these. <laughs> and then, and then I, and that was during a time that I was still carrying sides into an audition just as like um uh as I had some like older actor friend who was like bring in your sides it shows that you're malleable and so at that time <laughs> I was like all right I'll bring in my sides so I memorized the things I brought in my sides and after that that was also the like I can't I think I stopped using sides too during that process um it was like <laughs> It was, it was so, it felt really transformative. And I did have one, a casting director um, had shared with me afterwards. Um, she said, Tabitha, this director loves that they can tell that you just do not care whether or not you book this job. And that just felt like such a compliment to like... <laughs> <laughs> um because because there is this balance like you you want to show up with a sense of professionalism and you want 
you obviously want to get work. <laughs> you obviously would like to be able to work. Um, but also from a project to project basis, you, you let it go. And that, that feels better for me. And, and I think one of my favorite, one of my favorite moments was from that week with the casting director sharing, sharing that. Um, and that was one of the, the projects that I had booked. So, wow. Which, um, which project was it? That remember? was for that was for the guest. So I, I fucking knew it. <laughs> so you knew it. It's like I could. I feel like this is uh, full transparency. Um, I love that movie. Uh, I auditioned to be one of the bullies in that movie, and I didn't realize it until after seeing it. But yeah, you could tell that was the um, I don't know, like the, the send off of of your because you had done like Crash before that. But you are like part of this cult phenomenon, uh, you know, by Adam Wingard working with Dan Stevens and, you know, seeing your career just kind of like take off from there. What was it like finally being in that place and then also being in a film like that? Did you feel any sort of anxiety working on that shoot? Did you feel like <laughs> you held on to that subtle like, I don't really give a fuck, but this is kind of fun, you know, kind of energy. What was that like for you? Um, that, that project was the project where I got on set and I thought, oh, this is, this is any other, this is any other set. This is any other project. I feel like I am supposed to be here. Um, wow. so I didn't, um, I didn't, it. It was a it was an experience that left me just feeling like I was in the right place, um, and <laughs> and it was also it it was um, a project that was so so incredibly hard for me to do. Um, I <laughs> I. I remember being, I remember working with, um, with Adam Wingard and I, and one of the first days that we had working, like doing some character work, we sat down and Adam said, Kristen is stupid. I do not want a stupid person on my set. That is why I hired you. And it was, like also it was just this moment of realizing in a really big way the difference between like how you are perceived and who you are it really there was um I it was really challenging um it was really challenging working on a character who was like a like good time cheerleader person. It was so hard. It was so insanely hard. I had, I had nothing to draw from <laughs> as an actor. <laughs> and, and that it was, it was the hardest project that I have ever worked on because this, because this person, I just didn't want, I didn't want 
her to just be like, I did it. I actually just didn't want her to be an idiot that got killed. Yeah. And I refused to play into that. Um, and that was also why I had booked that job. So it was from just being honest in working on the sides. Like it was just from the process of, of saying like, here's a character breakdown that if I was submitting myself, I would not have submitted myself for this. <laughs> I felt a lot of resistance. And then I, whenever I feel resistance, when I get an audition, I am like, I'm going to work on this audition until I smooth out all of this like annoyance or hatred at the character. I keep working with it until it's fun for me. Um, And that was what happened with that character that week. And, and it turned into a really challenging, really fun time on set. Yeah. And you, I mean, you did bring that that level of gravitas to the character where she isn't this ditzy, you know, cheerleader type. There's more to her that you could kind of see behind your eyes. But by the time we're getting to that point, you're gunned down in the diner. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, following something like that, I, I guess I should probably pop back a little bit and ask you, because I, I need to ask, when did you realize you wanted to, to try your hand that at acting, have you always wanted to do this? Was it something you just sort of fell into? Did your parents take you to a camp and say, we don't know what else to do with this energy? <laughs> like, oh, is that, is that what, is that what happened to you? No, oh no, no. I, <laughs> I, just, like... <laughs> I spent my childhood quoting uh, Wayne's World and Tommy Boy. Uh, and then I ended up, uh, I was going to work on the other side of the camera. Then I did a workshop and an agent said, hey, you should try this out. Like, All right. And that's just been, my approach ever said so I'm just curious to see you know when when your inception into the world of acting began um I just <laughs> I'm gonna share something um <laughs> it began um I have forever been um a really quiet introverted person I have um a lot of presence on the internet because I love internet people. I love, (laughs) I love the safety of a screen. I love, there's also like an intimacy of the screen because there's just you and another person without all of the soundscape around you, all of the distraction. Um, I am like deeply unsocial. Um, When I was really little, I just fantasized about being able to fit in. And when I was in elementary school, um, I had just, I had started memorizing movies. I remember memorizing Greece as a kid one summer. I memorized, oh my gosh, I, <laughs> I, This is such a funny question. I started fantasizing about acting when I was really small. um, And I started doing like theater. Um, My family was not privileged in any way. I lived in over a dozen places by the time I was a teenager. And, um, you know, a lot of my upbringing wasn't 
wasn't like physically or emotionally safe at times. And I had this deep fantasy world. Um, and that just like repeatedly showed up in writing and in acting. Um, so in high school, I was, I mean, I was, I was a thespian in high school. I worked on every production that I could. I saw a production of Little Shop of Horrors when I was, uh, I was about 10. And I thought like, that is where I should be. Like I should be eaten by a plant. <laughs> that's, that's it. Um, yeah, so I, I um, that, that fantasy, it followed me through my, entire childhood. I have a letter that I wrote to myself when I was 13. Um, it was a letter meant for my 30 year old self. So I read that a few years ago and I was asking myself if I was an actor, which was really sweet to see. I hadn't, um, it was a letter that I found while I was cleaning out my garage and, um, yeah, it's it's just a path that I have followed down forever. When I was in college, I described acting as my means of doing anthropological field work. I was like, <laughs> I want to sit on a set and I want to watch how people interact with each other. Um, it became this like, it became this means of like, how can I connect with other people? Um, how can I play with other people? Um, yeah, for me, it's just, it's always been, um, it's always been there. And it's always been about this wanting to form a different sort of connection with a stranger than the connections that I make with strangers online. <laughs> um, wow, I, do you see, is there like a difference now compared to then? I know, you know, you'd said that you were an introverted, shy person, uh, the mm -hmm. screen really helped, but do you feel like now when you're, say, on set around people, do you feel like you are disconnected? Not like there's a facade, but you have that, um, that model to follow, or do you feel like you've kind of united uh, in sort of artistically extroverted form of yourself with an introverted form of yourself to sort of become one and be completely fine <laughs> no I show I show up on set as as myself okay. um as <laughs> I show up on set with a book <laughs> I show up on set like forming connections like one-on-one -on -one connections with with people um I I love I love holding up I <laughs> love getting food and being as far away from groups of people as possible but I also love being able to to you know catch eyes with one person on a set in a parking lot um and and connect with them and that um in that way which um so to answer your question I guess what I <laughs> what I've become better at is um is being comfortable showing up as myself. There definitely was a period of time, like in my early my early twenties, on set where I did um, where I felt like I needed to have an extroverted self that could be around other people. Um, and then I learned that I can just bring my regular self, and it's fine if I just connect with one person at a time. It's fine if I have like quiet conversations with people. It's fine to just 
be myself. Um, and, and now my, like, I love acting because I just, I love playing. I love playing and I love, like, there's a theme here. The theme is I love connecting with strangers. (laughs) Which on a set is one of the best things, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, That's all you're doing. (laughs) There is this sort of magical quality to it. Like you walk onto a set the chances, I mean, the chances are, as you get further along in your career, the chances that you're going to know a couple of people on set at least are pretty good. But there's also like the fact that there are so many people swarming around on a project and they're all strangers. And you walk onto the set, nobody knows each other and everyone like just the way that everyone is able to come together from a point of um, not having intimate connections to work on a project. It's just amazing to me that anything, like that everything gets done. Like everyone just trusts each other. Everyone knows everyone who shows up on a set is going to do their job. They're all gonna do their job, which is this thing that they love. And everyone just sort of like has to intrinsically trust in one another um, on a set walk onto a set with a whole bunch of strangers and I feel safe. I know that everyone there loves the work that they're doing. It's so challenging to do. It's like so physically exhausting and there's no one there who doesn't want to be there. And there's joy in knowing that and there's safety in knowing that everyone there is a professional and um, can like play, I can play around like safely. Yeah, isn't that? insane i mean it's you know three in the morning you guys have been working for you know 16 hours everyone's exhausted people are kind of grumpy but they're still <laughs> they're still enjoying it and having fun it's it's bonkers what this industry does to you when it comes to being around other people you don't know and you're completely right you're trusting strangers sometimes with your safety you know when it comes to like yes. certain things and it always works out unless somebody's not paying attention but um you know, for the most part, everything works. So uh, it, that's just, that's really cool to think about. Because I guess I, if you've been in it for a while, you don't really acknowledge, oh yeah, I just met this person today. You know, it, at this point, you're just meeting more people and popping onto a set. And then before you know it, you have like five other friends that you've connected with in, you know, 10 hours. So that's, mm-hmm. yeah, that's just really great to think about, especially in, in New Mexico. It seems like you know, because you're still living in, in Albuquerque, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So I'm sure you've met almost everybody as far as crew goes. And, you know, there's a lot of actors I'm sure you just constantly run into. So, I mean, I, I live in Colorado and it's the same thing. You know, you you just work with the same people usually. So, I mean, are you, especially now that COVID's sort of lifted a little bit, are you meeting more, uh, say, like new crew members or newer actors from other areas? Or does it seem like it's still that uh, that intimate space that it has been for the last 10 years or so? Oh, I mean, I always feel like I'm, there's always new people. Yeah. There are always new people on a set. <laughs> it's really exciting to, to see someone that, you know, I've known for 15 years and be able to um, have uh, snacks and talk to someone. <laughs> um, there is a lot of, there is a lot of familiarity it's always still really exciting, which is so fun. Um, like running running into people that you know on a set is always 
so delightful. It's never not fun. <laughs> and, and so there is there is that familiarity um, that happens in um, in the market like Albuquerque, but it also like I'm always meeting new people. There's never not new people on a set. There's always so there are always so many conversations to be had. Um, and I, yeah, I'm not finding myself in any sense, like feeling mm, sort of in a familiar space. Um, yeah, like the last, the last project that I worked on, it was, the last project that I worked on was a project where at, at this point now, it's, it's always exciting because if you don't know someone, you meet someone on a set and you don't know them, you'll very quickly learn how you do know them. <laughs> you know, like you're That's very so easily, <laughs> yeah, like you, it, it takes, it takes all of, all of, you know, you, you work with someone over the course of the day and you've realized like the 10 different ways in which you're actually connected to this person that you've never seen before. Um, and that is also like shrinking world feeling. I have a lot of wonder. Um, I have like a great deal of wonder for this, in like for the industry, for um, which I love so much because it is connecting, it's connecting strangers with playtime, with this sort of like grand carnival experience um, of like orderly chaos. Yeah. And, um, yeah, the the more um, the more familiarity that happens on a set, I think the greater my sense of wonder about how small our world actually is grows. That that that's <laughs> internal revelation of oh wow, <laughs> this is, mm -hmm. this is yeah. crazy. I mean, and you're you're living in this modern episode, essentially the new Hollywood in Albuquerque, and you know if you're not working on sets and you're not auditioning I do want to know outside of you know uh, a house full of instruments and music what else do you like to do outside of the industry that you know keeps you sane or you know is your your safe place so to speak mm, everywhere is my safe place <laughs> everywhere I do I do so I do so many <laughs> things um yeah I love I mean I live uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico. It's the high desert. Um, it's really dry here. Uh, when you go outside during the winter, it looks like a weird nightmare. Um, everywhere that you go in the high desert looks like a weird nightmare. It's why surrealist painters, I guess, just painted a bunch of weird brown yeah. nothing spaces that's where I live um and it feels it feels amazing <laughs> to walk around in I do a lot I do a lot of hiking in dirt um I do a lot of hiking in dirt under the sun um I also um I write I'm currently writing like a memoir love story graphic novel to um my best friend that I've known since I was 12 we were we dated for five years during our adolescence and he was someone that like he was so special to my heart so oh, I'm working God. on that right now um I also am a visual artist I like playing with charcoal um 
I I have another I have like another um, business that doesn't make money. <laughs> I have a business that doesn't make money. I make um I make uh like soft soled weird um baby shoes out of like leather and pieces of fabric that I find in thrift stores. Um so I make I make like leather baby shoes. Um for <laughs> I'm like, is it for fun? <laughs> for a night on the town. <laughs> um I I do a lot of things. I love reading. Um I don't watch a lot of things. I watch I just watched all of Twin Peaks The Return though, like late at night over the course of a few months. I try to avoid binging on things. It doesn't, it's not good for my body. Oh no. <laughs> for my brain. But but I I tend like if I am going to watch something, I will watch something that's really thought out and I watch it really late at night. Um uh, so like David Lynch things really late at night, Charlie Kaufman really late at oh night, God. things where I can feel like I'm having some sort of transcendent experience yeah. really late at night. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's what I fill my life with. I fill my life. I make I make art and I like watching funny like I just I like I like watching bizarre things in the evenings and uh I feel really good sharing I feel like really good about my life sharing all of this I <laughs> COVID has been a weird it's yeah. been a weird 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 <laughs> but um yeah I feel like there is this strange fullness that has happened at the same time of really feeling out like what I love doing and what I want mm -hmm. to explore. I mean, I, you had me at late night Lynch. <laughs> That's, mm -hmm. How does that not, <laughs> does that just encroach on your dreams when you go to bed after that? <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes. <My God. laughs> I have like dreams that are like integrating my partner into like episodes that we watched earlier that day it's yeah it's it all it <laughs> it feels so good wow um yeah I do I do love watching like uh I love watching a weird project late at night there's I don't think any better time to do it I have I've never tried watching Twin Peaks late at night just because I thought uh, I might not be mentally prepared for that, but I'm going to have to try it now. Uh, that yes. sounds phenomenal. I think I, I ended up watching, uh, what was it? Haunting of Hill House a second time in a row, but I would watch each episode at like three in the morning. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Go to bed. I, I am familiar with that. That is, yeah, that is my, that is how I watch projects. That's how yeah. I watch things. When, <laughs> when you're already like in a very strange state, which is probably kind of delusional and manic, it actually feels like really nice to sort of push your brain. Um, I, I watched that really late at night also. Yeah. 
I have, <laughs> yeah, I, there are feelings in my body of like, oh, I, I remember yeah. that experience. I remember that summer of doing that. <laughs> I just, I think there's a lot of listeners of this podcast as well, who will agree, like, that's the best time to absorb a project. Uh, just letting everything go, letting your day go. And it also could, you know, it could be a wonderful project such as that, or, you know, you watch a Polly Shore movie at three in the morning, and then you wake up oh. thinking, that was the best experience ever. And you watch it during the day, and you go, never mind. <laughs> yeah, every experience feels better. It's like, yes, every experience feels, because you're, it is a sacred hour. Yeah. <laughs> Anything past 11 o'clock, I think, you have stepped into, like, you're no longer in, like, the zombie brain um which happens like like which is why I say that I don't like binge watching (laughs) like because binge watching is like oh now I am a zombie (laughs) and it's usually happening like when you could be awake (laughs) um but when you're supposed to be sleeping you you move past it's like you're you're like a child and at a sleepover and everyone has stayed up super late and you get the second wind and so everything that you consume I think after 11 p.m you're moving into like a completely different headspace (laughs) the fact that you said second wind just brought me back to being like 10 years old like yeah we should try watching Terminator again I think it'll be better (laughs) 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 maybe we'll understand it more yes what is um what's next for you I mean you're you're obviously you have a bunch of projects coming up you're you're still sending in self-tapes I I mean one what's next for you as far as what you plan to do and two what would you like to do is there somebody you'd like to work with Uh, is there a project you'd like to hop on you know what's 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 next for Tabitha um what's next for me um I just did an ADR session for a project um, for a project that's going to be released at some point this year and that I thought that I was I thought I was done with that but then suddenly I got like thrown back into it um, this (laughs) this last uh, a couple of days ago and that was so exciting so that's back on my mind um, thinking about um, thinking I'm just a little bit tethered into that moment again. Um, So I do have, I do have one really, uh, really fun project that I got to work on last summer um, coming up. And I have, um, I mean, I'm at a point, I'm at a place now where every, it feels like I'm in a really good, kind of waiting game like I'm not at the place anymore in my career where I'm like sort of (laughs) like drudging along wondering why I'm doing the thing um I'm in a different space now which is like I love the thing that I do and and I feel so at home on set and my agent has been, I mean, she sent me an email recently that was just like, it's okay that this other 
thing. Like, it's okay that you were passed on. This is amazing that you were being considered for this. And so I'm at a point now where everything feels like, I feel like I'm on the precipice of like really good things because I have been working on like everything that I've been working on, um, everything that I've worked on for like the last five years, I love, um, I'm just in love with, I'm, um, so I'm just continuing to send in my self tapes. I'm continuing to like, to, to play. And, um, I'm also, um, I'm also showing up for myself in like other creative ways a lot, um, a lot more. I am, um, starting to like tiptoe back into, um, like playing music and starting to like share music with other people again. So I have this, like, I just feel like I was, I'm really glad that I made it through my twenties. My twenties were, were, no one told me that my twenties would be so grueling <laughs> and <laughs> I thought they'd be like sexy and they <laughs> They're not. <laughs> um, I made funny? it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I um, I made it out of my twenties, and and um. So what's next for me is that I get to like keep working on. I get to like continue getting sides that are like increasingly interesting. Um, like I just get better and better sides every time I get an audition, and that feels so good. Um. <laughs> dream I mean dream people to work with I mean I feel like I'm <laughs> the <laughs> I know it's a I don't want to dream people things because every time that I've worked on like a project I wind up being cast with someone and I'm and I'm like oh how did I get here there was like I worked on I worked on the pilot episode of Preacher I didn't know what it was I got to the table read and I like sat down and someone said like, oh, hey, you do not, are you, are you our goth girl? You do not look how you, you do not look how you looked in your audition. Uh, it's so good to meet you, I'm Seth. And I like turned and I was like, this is Seth Rogen. What am I doing here? How did this happen? I worked on a project um, last summer. I had no idea. Like I got, it was again, I got to the table read and I was like, oh, I'm sitting across from Queen Latifah. Where am I? Oh like, God. what am I doing? So, so <laughs> there's like, there's fantasizing that I could do about like dream people that I would like to work with. I mean, I love, I love Miranda July. Miranda July yes. makes like a single project every 10 years of her life. Um, but <laughs> um uh, there's like Miranda July and all of the people who surround her are just this sort of bizarre entanglement of bodies. I would love to work with anyone connected with her. Um, but in general, I don't like to fantasize because I also like, I experience so frequently showing up on set and not understanding what I like what I'm doing there. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> like, it just feels like magic anyway. I show up and, and I'm like surprised by 
like a lot of the times I, I won't get that. I like, I won't get the information. I won't know who's working on a project with me. And then I get a, and then I get a list the morning of, and I'm like, oh, whoa, this isn't, this is totally insane. And, and I did not, I think just keeping my like brain open for anything feels like the best option. Oh yeah. I mean, you've, you've worked with incredible people and it just it goes to show a lot of my friends same thing like, yeah, you would not guess who I'm working with today and I didn't even fucking know it's amazing <laughs> yeah this industry is so magical it's like and and the thing that I love the most about it is like because we so often don't know who we're like we're showing up on set and we're like oh what <laughs> where am I who am I working with but then but then you are but then you realize like oh I am like I am part of this I am everyone like I am I am also integral to this project yeah. everyone is here like working together on a thing and there's like again, like, it's really just this sense of wonder and, like, deep thankfulness that comes up every time I work on something, and, and I always think, like, oh, I should do more, I should do more research on what I'm um, auditioning for, but there's such joy in actually not knowing. Yeah, yeah, uh, you know, there's a dangerous line at that point, too, if you research what you're going into, you could go too heavy on what that style is when your natural cadence could be the thing that brings you in, you know, like, like oh, we, we love that because it's not like every other person who's auditioned. So that's, mm -hmm. that's fantastic. And given your career, this is, you know, I have two favorite questions I ask on this podcast, but the first one being, if you have a party story, uh, that is, I'm sure you've, cause you said you listened to some of the episodes, which is awesome. But, uh, if you have a story that you would tell at a party or maybe a gathering of people, uh, something that is, you know, maybe one of the best moments of your life on set, maybe something that happened outside of set, but something that's stuck with you for so long that you will never forget how to tell it. Do you have a story like that that you could share with us? No, <laughs> I don't. I, I don't have I don't have that. I don't have like a thing. I don't have, I mean, the closest thing I probably have to the thing was my complete confusion over working on a Seth Rogen project. <laughs> <laughs> that was like <laughs> utter confusion. <laughs> Just because... I mean, that's that's definitely one of those moments where you, yeah, like you said, it's it looked like you were just there <laughs> based on the way you were telling it. Like, oh, wait, what? You're producing? Okay, cool. This is happening. I don't know how to navigate that. But I mean, it could even be, you know, do you have a really painstaking audition experience that you remember, you know, maybe early on in your career or even, I don't know, just something that <laughs> that your kiddos have done yeah <laughs> it could be anything if you really don't have anything i'm gonna let you off the hook of the seth rogan thing but i have okay. to try <laughs> a little bit okay okay um <laughs> i love asking this question i want to like i want to give you something juicy <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> okay. Me. Um, a story. The well, it's fine. I'm. I'm like. I don't. Like I don't go to parties. I don't, I don't tell. Parties. I don't go to parties. I don't tell stories. Um, okay. Um, I have I have one story that is sort of related to the industry. Oh boy. <laughs> um, this is actually this is um, I just have a this is like a tiny a tiny moment at the beginning of my acting career. When I was 18, I was working in a, I was working in a cafe, like I was a barista mm -hmm. and um, there, and I was also, um, I'm, I'm queer. I, mm -hmm. um, and at the time I had identified as a lesbian and I was, um, really good at like giving people free things all over the place. And I got fired for giving someone free oh, no. things. Um, I, I was like, the, I should not, I should not work for other people. I just, <laughs> I, I don't respect it at all. Um, which is probably why I have my own business now because I can give away things for free um, on my own accord, <laughs> steal from my own company yeah. money or whatever. <laughs> Uh, the point is, I was working at this cafe. I was like flirting with all of the people. Everyone was super gorgeous. Like when you're 18, everyone is super gorgeous. Oh yeah. Um, and um, and I had experienced this one night. Um, this one night, I I had this person come into the cafe, and he was just like the super nice person and he made some kind of like weird request about wanting his latte in a glass and I was like this is a cute guy I'm gonna I'm gonna do all the weird stuff he's asking for and um and I and I helped him out and and it was like the first time in my um, like it was like the first time in my baby adult life that I was like, oh, I'm kind of crushing on this person that's not like a, a like like female person. And I told my friend Alex, um, I told I turned around and I said like, hey Alex, I think I think if I was gonna date a guy, I think maybe I think maybe that kind of guy. That guy was pretty cute. And Alex was like. Tabitha, Tabitha, if you were going to date a guy, you might date Ewan McGregor. <laughs> and, what? And I was like, <laughs> I was like, what? And, and he was like, we are all standing here watching you flirt with Ewan McGregor and you might date him. <laughs> it was like, this beautiful, I turned around and I was like, oh, oh my God. Oh, that's Ewan McGregor. <laughs> He's pretty cute. I might, might date him. <laughs> I love the idea that like as an 18 year old, I was yeah. sitting there thinking like, should I go, should I go hit on this kind of cute guy? Um, <laughs> it's like completely 
unaware because because of like there is that disparity like when you see someone out of place out of their context True. when you're me maybe you won't recognize them that was like such a joyful that was a yummy little moment of like baby me and I watched like the rest of the night. I just watched people like show up in Star Wars attire <laughs> over the course of the night. I was like, okay, I will buy. I, I, yes, I guess that that is Ewan McGregor. And I guess I won't be asking him out. I did uh, watch, I did watch Moulin Rouge like two weeks ago though. And I was like, uh still yeah what a babe <laughs> I, I mean i <laughs> i mean i'm i'm a, a, I, I say relatively heterosexual man because there are people like that where i go yeah i would i would totally date that guy <laughs> but yeah especially <laughs> the fact that you didn't really recognize who he was oh yeah it's amazing see all the best party stories come from somebody who says I don't really have anything. And then that comes out, you know, that's, yeah. that's the best part. <laughs> yeah. It was like a, a day. My, I, I make a fool out of myself a lot and it's, I, and it's because I'm like, I'm, I feel like I'm a perpetually confused person and it leads like, it leads to a lot of this. I have been on set, like talking I, I was like on set talking to Jane Adams once and and then I realized afterwards like like I was talking to her like I knew her yeah. like <laughs> asking her like about her life <laughs> and and we had this like really great chat and then um and then I realized like oh that was Jane Adams that's how I know her I don't <laughs> and that's and that's also like that's what happens too when you're when you're an actor like I am experiencing like I I do experience like people writing me like connecting with me and just sort of going along the ride with like going along <laughs> for the ride yeah it, you know what uh, from at least from what I've experienced a lot of those um artists respect you more for just talking to them as a normal human being instead of freaking out because you're you know they're just people you know yeah yeah (laughs) I I should have just asked out Ewan McGregor honestly yeah (laughs) hey you're you're pretty cute did you like the (laughs) how's your drink I put it in the glass for you are you around later tonight just yeah it Uh, is I I do I do love my baby adult self yeah or um I mean my current self is is a lot like that too I'm I'm um, humbled I'm humbled yeah all of the time I I am imagining you working with him at some point in the future and sharing that story and him getting quite the chuckle out of it Mm. (laughs) what a babe (laughs) it's funny he's yeah you know (laughs) what's really funny now is that I, I didn't have like, I didn't have a crush on him before. It wasn't until I made a latte for him and didn't know who he was and was like, what a kind person with weird drink requests. 
oh he's an actor this makes sense <laughs> yeah now that that yeah that also is that's funny yes. <laughs> well that that spins perfectly into uh, one of our last questions which is you know if you have any advice for listeners tuning into this episode right now whether they are artists who are just trying to get into this industry especially now which is a weird time or those of us who've been in for a while do you have anything that maybe you've held on to that you could instill upon our listeners is there anything that you could uh, could share advice wise mm, yeah i think my advice i think it's the most important to be unapologetically yourself that's that's really that's really it and it's hard to it's hard to do that when you're first starting out it's a reminder that you need sometimes I mean that I need sometimes as I'm moving through the industry now it's really easy to look around you when you're first starting like in in classes or in the audition room and it's it's really easy to want to give people what you think they want and and a much better choice is to be you <laughs> like that's I feel like that's uh, I'm just feeling like I'm feeling I'm feeling the I'm feeling the the weight of of just that sentiment. Yeah. Um, there was one the most impactful um class that I took. I was twenty, and the casting director, um, she she looked at me and she said, "You are enough." And that that spilled over into every audition that I've had ever since. It's that sense that you don't you don't need to you don't this is also this goes back to our our earlier conversation about mm -hmm. like doing your homework, looking people up. Um, maybe you don't need to do that. Like there is so much that any script offers. And um, there's also Sir Ian McKellen had the, as like, there's like the conversation with him where he says um, about like being an actor that you just need to imagine yourself doing the thing and then doing it. <laughs> like, you just, if, I, if I'm going to be a wizard, then let me think, like, how would I be a wizard and then I just be the wizard? It really is that, what that comes down to is like, if you were going to do the thing, how would you do the thing? Yeah. If you were going to follow your own path, how would you follow your own path? And that's, that's, uh, that's so important. Like, don't follow anyone else's path. Oh, absolutely. I feel like that's more of a detriment than anything. Yeah. But it, <laughs> yeah, it, there's, it's, and comparing is such a trap. Like, for a new actor, it is 
that's all that you have. You're like, just, you're in a sea of people, you know? And it's, and even now there's like this incredible interconnectivity with video, like, like TikTok um, and like Instagram reels. You can just see, there are just millions of people out there and like emulating anybody else is no bueno (laughs) it's just a bad it's a bad it's a bad move unless you're unless you're a comedian and working on impersonations that's a good move everyone else like for an actor like like being yourself and the other important thing is like do other things with your life like you need to do other things with your life yeah oh yeah like (laughs) Like be unapologetically yourself when you show up in any space. And also when you are not working on a project, you need to live your life and like stop, which is another danger of like a new actor of getting focused, like really hyper-focusing on like, when is my next audition going to come in? What could I have done with my last audition? Like, like getting into that pattern of of just being analytical and in just like a stasis, just a hell, a stagnant hell of like self-absorption. It's, it's that also that happened like in my early twenties. And I was like, ugh, yeah, like what is repulsive? Like the way to avoid being repulsed by yourself is to like look outside of yourself and live yeah. your life and find other things outside of this industry that make you feel good. And if you show up as like a whole person instead of like a fragmented state of yourself who is just showing up as an actor, um, you just have so much more to, so much more to offer not being a fragmented self. Yeah, and they they catch on to that, you know, especially Mm -hmm. casting directors. If you're obsessed with just acting, may not be a lot of fun to have on set. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Maybe pretty bad. Uh, and you know speaking on that uh we're we're gonna dial into the acting part because i want to know is there anything you'd like for me to promote in this episode uh could be past work could be future work could be something you're really passionate about could be your business uh anything that i can tie to this episode that uh that you're thinking of maybe toddler (laughs) no (laughs) yeah i do have i mean my business my business is my business is fun. It's not like, (laughs) it's not like the love of my life. It's like, how can I, um, it's also confusing. Cause I said earlier, like, oh, my business doesn't make any money. It doesn't. I'm like, (laughs) it's really frustrating (laughs) doing my taxes. And I'm like, wait, do I actually really enjoy this? Cause it's not paying me. Um, (laughs) so, okay. Your question, (laughs) your question. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I there um I am extremely excited about this um I mean there's one super dorky project that I worked on in the past called Thank You 5. Um that project is Oh my god, I love this project. I got to work <laughs> I I got to work with some of my favorite people. I got to work with one of my close friends who I had worked on stage productions before. Um, and I like him and I were Romeo and Tybalt um, <laughs> years and years ago. And then we worked on 
we we worked on this um this series together about about community theater called thank you five um like that's that's on the internet i love that series so much it's so dear to me um and then i'm also really excited about a project that is coming up in netflix at some point this year um that um that's the project i just did um adr for which is exciting because it means that they are like ah they're tying it all up <laughs> they're making it pretty um and that project is called end of the road i got to have so much fun on this set i got to do so many things that i just it was it was an experience that i had i just i had no idea what i would need to like prepare to work on it um so yes i'm i'm excited for that to release and that's yeah yeah i'm gonna look up because i have never seen thank i saw that on your your resume i've never seen thank you fives and i have to look that up and and just dive into it they are it's like a mockumentary style show the episodes are the show the episodes are all like 12 minutes long it's super (laughs) short it's super sweet and all of and the actors are so like and the thing that i love the most about this is that the actors like almost all of us are film actors and almost all of us started in stage like together. So getting to like translate the like transition, like getting to translate like theater to film and transition Mm -hmm. working with people from theater into a film space. It was, it was so beautiful. We shot it like over the summer in a theater, like in, in a local theater, um, and I'm so, I just feel so proud to know all of the people that I worked on that show with. Oh, that's awesome. I can't, I can't wait to tune into it. And I, um, I'm looking forward to, to end of the road too, because I don't think there's any trailers for that yet. <gasps> there's no trailers. It just showed okay. up in like a coming to Netflix thing the other day. And I was oh. like, oh. <laughs> I was excited. I was excited. I was like, oh, look, it's actually being released. That's really, that's fantastic. <laughs> that's the best Woo! feeling, right? Like, oh, cool. <sighs> I can, I can watch right. it. I can see it. People yeah. are going to see it. It's going to be great. <laughs> yeah. It is a really good feeling to know that like a project that you've worked on hasn't been like slashed or is like sitting indefinitely in post. <laughs> yep. We're going to put it on the shelf for 10 years. Then we'll release yeah. that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to thank you for for being a part of this this show this has been so much fun chatting with you and I I don't know I I feel like I've known you for years it's crazy um (laughs) just the sitting down chatting goofing off talking about art stuff I do have one more thing uh I need to do before we finish recording the episode and that is uh conduct our awkward goodbye I'm not sure if you've uh you've listened to that part of previous episodes but it's um outside of the party story question it's my number one favorite thing about this show. And that is I'll give you a silent Wayne's World countdown. And when I point, you give us your best verbal awkward goodbye. Think you might be ready for it? She's absorbing the information. She's ready. <laughs> I'm gonna give you a countdown. And um. This 
I was, this was, this was fun. But, <clears throat> bye.